0: Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.
1: Hey, everyone, and welcome into Attacking Third, a CBS Sports Soccer podcast. I'm Sandra Herrera, lead NWSL writer for CBS Sports. Joined today, as always, by my colleague and co-host, Lisa Roman, broadcaster and analyst for CBS Sports. On today's show, we are talking about Challenge Cup Round One. And we are going to preview week four in the NWSL, so make sure to follow along with us. We want to hear from you. Lisa, I want to hear from you. How are you doing this morning?
2: I'm good, Sandra. I'm good. Um, It is good to be here chatting with you. Of course, we got Challenge Cup to recap, and as we were chatting a little bit off air, there was so much soccer last night. So much to take in Uh, shout out to Sonia who is giving you a shout out. Sandra saying uh, loving the shirt. If you're just joining us as a podcast, she's wearing her Mexican international kit um, because Mexico and USA men played last night. There's also a little bit of news that Sonia is alluding to USA and Mexico have put in a bid to be co-hosts for the next women's world cup. That's coming in 2027. So there's a lot happening always, always yeah. so much happening. Lots of moving parts. Um, in the world of football, and, and we're here to chat about it. But of course, it's always good to kind of start our weekend right with with you, with the people on YouTube, because we go live Thursday mornings, and, and this is really when we kind of dig in on the weekend, look at our picks, see what oh, yeah. we've got coming up for the regular season. Uh, we did make picks for last night's Challenge, Challenge Cup games. Um, we didn't do too well. Not the, best. Not the best, but you know what? It makes
1: me even more thankful. For Challenge Cup. Absolutely. <laughs> because I'm like, you know what? That's okay. Stay unpredictable. Challenge yeah, Cup. I love that's, it.
2: Frankly, I love it. That's one of my
1: favorite things uh, uh, about it, for sure. We're going to we're gonna talk about uh, all those things. Of course, we're going to talk about the picks that we made and which ones we got incorrect. correct. Uh, shout out to everyone joining us. Appreciate you all so much. Listen, if you don't join us in our lives, I just want to make sure that you know if you're listening to us as a podcast, join us on our lives every once in a while. You so can find fun. us on YouTube at youtube.com slash attacking third. Uh, if you prefer audio, that's great. Make sure you download, follow, and subscribe there as well. Leave us a rating and review. That stuff helps us out so much. But uh let's and, roll And right if you join us
2: live, you get to see what hats Sandra wears. Yeah, every day, Which is that. like a big topic of conversation here. Oh, yeah. Everyone, everyone,
1: likes to, everyone likes to let me know for some, for some reason. <laughs> Uh, hey, I, I, uh, I appreciate it. Thanks. Thanks, everybody. Let's uh <laughs> let's roll right in to Challenge Cup because it just we're, we're going live Thursday morning. Like you mentioned, Lisa, and This these games just concluded just late last night. And it sort of somehow feels like they happened forever ago, probably because there were so many. There were five Challenge yeah. Cup games that took place uh, in round one and several teams going head to head. And now we have to roll right into week four of NWSL regular season. So here's how we're going to do things. Everyone ride along with us, okay? I promise we're going to keep it easy-peasy and talk about it. We're going to preview NWSL week four. And within those previews, we're going to let you know what our picks were for Challenge Cup and kind of how we think those performances are going to roll into these week four matches in NWSL, okay? So let's start with a few teams who are undefeated. We're talking about undefeated nation up in here. Washington Spirit versus Houston Dash. This game is going to kick off at 7 p.m. Eastern. Washington Spirit coming off of a Challenge Cup loss. Houston Dash also coming off of a Challenge Cup loss. I believe in their games, we went the with the dash for their
2: challenge cup game
1: and i mm-hmm. believe we both went the opposite direction for gotham when it came yeah. to spirit right yes
2: yeah, so we both picked houston to win and then we both picked gotham
1: yeah i listen
2: so we didn't get either of these right but however i think that this pretty big upsets because kansas city beat houston in the challenge cup and kansas yeah. city uh dealt with a lot this regular season so far and yesterday, they uh, the club parted ways with head coach Matt Potter just hours before kickoff of this Challenge Cup game in Houston for Kansas City. So Houston playing a bit on at home, but on the heels against a team that was uh, pretty riled up in that one. But um, with Washington, they are coming off of a, a 1-0 loss to Gotham uh, in which Lynn Williams scored that goal. But Washington Spirit looking like a a pretty solid team. Like we got to see a pretty like a uh, similar lineup, right? I mean, we saw a lot of rotation in challenge cup play, yeah. a lot of rotation, but Andy Sullivan getting the start. Um, I think the back line was a uh, pretty conducive to what we've seen from Mark Parsons. I mean, uh, Elwell usually playing higher up and, and more of an attacking role playing in the outside back position last night. Bledsoe in goal, but no Rodman, no Sanchez, uh, Playing in this one, um, getting minutes, so a lot of rest for a lot of players for Washington Spirit, and and that makes a lot of sense to me based on like how this team has gone and and everything that's happened with Washington and kind of how they started out this season on the front foot. I mean, they're undefeated in play, but so is Houston in regular season play.
1: I'm curious how the player rotations are are going to look for the week four matchup between the Spirit and the dash in this one it's always exciting i think this kind of early in the season where you still you have like a couple undefeated teams and eventually there's there's going to get a lot you know a loss is going to come their way is it going to happen when you're going up against another opposition that is also undefeated in terms of what we saw from these two teams in this midweek challenge cup game do you think that there is a team that is going to be better prepared to take all three points in this game. Who are you picking and why?
2: Yeah, that's a, a really good question. I think with the rest that we saw from, I mean, honestly, both sides, but I think Washington had a bit more rest. they players that did not get a like did not get time in the midweek action are players that get 60 to 90 minutes in their regular season games, which does change things in my mind based on like how uh, the regular season goes. Um, and, And your team's also pretty fired up, right? If you're not playing, like you look at a Trinity Rodman, she didn't play last night in the challenge cup. And her team lost. She is fired up. She wants to get out there. She wants to play. That type of thing to me um, is, is what makes it that much more like energetic in that sense. Washington's also hosting. They're playing at Audi Field in this one against Houston Dash. Um, I, I really think that this is going to be one of the best games of the weekend between these two sides because of how well they match up against each other. Where are we going to see the splits um, in, in terms of like – Uh, possession, who's going to control more of the possession, who's going to go a bit more direct, how it's going to work out in this game. Um, I think that Houston's going to bounce back, though. This is a team that uh, ended up losing last night in a way that they, they didn't really want to lose going down two goals. Um, against Kansas City, one of them pretty unfortunate in in kind of the way it happened. And because of that, I think Houston's got the edge over Washington in this one and the the front line of Ordonez, Sanchez, um, Ebony Salmon. I think that powerhouse up top is going to cause a lot of problems for Washington's back line and and the ways that they can get in and behind. So I'm going to go with Houston in this one, Sandra, going on the road and, and picking up a win over Washington Spirit.
1: Okay, I, I, li- I like the energy going with the dash. I, I, I'm, I hear you 100 percent in terms of like some of the rotations that we saw by uh, Sam Lady for the Challenge Cup game. I like that we got to see some different faces for the dash. Talking about players getting important minutes, I think in an important time in the season, you know, early enough to where you're still trying to, to maybe see where these players could possibly fit in for your ideal starting eleven further into the season for example like maybe when a world cup comes into play and you lose players mm-hmm. possibly in Elisa Chapman or Sophie Schmidt for example uh you know to to Canada so When I'm looking at these two teams, I'm also curious if we're going to see Trinity Rodman in the type of minutes that she's going to get for Washington Spirit. Had an excused absence, wasn't a part of that Challenge Cup midweek match. And we can both agree that the Spirit are just a completely different team when Rodman is on the pitch, uh, has an early start, uh, head start, in my opinion, for team MVP. Um, she's been that important, I think that crucial to to the spirit. I don't know if I think that's going to be enough uh, to take all three points against Houston, but I don't want to go with a draw this early. I so know. Going, this is one that I think could be a yeah, draw. So I'm, I, I feel you. This is one of the ones – when you're getting into undefeated, I think you're also getting into unpredictable – so I'm I'm gonna go the other way. I'm gonna go with the spirit. I think having uh, you know the return of, of Rodman could uh, you know benefit the team. I think obviously being at home I think is gonna help a little bit as well too uh, for 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 this team against the Dash. But you know we we know we've set it on we've seen the record we've said it on the show. Houston is a team that is not afraid of playing away. They mm-hmm. are not they are not a team that uh you know isn't intimidated by by a home crowd and a lot of times sometimes they look a little bit better on the road so i'm i'm curious to see how this one shakes out i'm i'm was very tempted it's for a, a draw. draw, you know, I know. And maybe both I think these it teams, could
2: be a draw. I think it's
1: could be a draw. Maybe both these teams still remain undefeated by the time they come out of week four. I don't know, but we don't, we don't want to go there that, that early. So I'm going to go for parody. I'm going to go the opposite way. I'm going to go for the spirit. I do think they have enough to contend with Houston. I think it's going to be even, it might even be close. So my, we might not get a ton of bangers, but uh, those are always, those are always uh, fun and interesting games to pay attention to as well. So you're going dash. I'm going spirit. Let's talk a little bit about another pair of undefeated teams, Portland thorns versus racing Louisville. That's right. Two more unbeaten teams. We've got this one late night kicking off at 10 30 PM ET. You can catch all the action on paramount plus Portland picking up a loss. Their first loss in 2023, it, is a, it comes in the way in the form of a Challenge Cup defeat. They went head-to-head with San Diego Wave just last night in round one play of the Challenge Cup, a narrow scoreline between these two teams, and we got to remind everybody who our picks were for, Challenge, for that Challenge Cup match.
2: Um, I picked Portland to beat San Diego and you had San Diego to get the win. So um, I'll take or, it. I'll I'm take sorry. It. Other way around. Other way around. Okay. Sorry. I'll still take it. Cause let me tell you. <laughs> I'm Reading my chart wrong. Yeah. I'll take it. I'll still take it because
1: you and I were, were chatting a little bit about challenge cup prior to hopping on to this, to this live. And we were like, gosh, we made some tough picks for yeah. the challenge cup, yeah. but
2: Portland getting, getting the, this is, the, off- this is the only one we split we picked yeah. all the same picks for all the other ones. I had San Diego and you had Portland and man, it was a close game I and mean, it came down one, um, nothing. And, and ultimately it's an own goal. Technically that finds the back of the net for, for San Diego and, and really tough for Portland, how this happened. But um, Kaelin Sheridan had a heck of a game and goal for the wave. Brilliant. Really good, really good performance by Sheridan.
1: Yeah. Love, love to see it uh, for, for the thorns, you know, We saw a lot of this. This was the common sort of uh, thread between a lot of the matches that took place over Challenge Cup last night was we saw player rotations. We saw new faces. We saw new names get integrated into uh, starting 11s across the five matches. Uh, A team that we didn't see uh, during Challenge Cup, Racing Louisville. They were one of two teams that did not kick off their Challenge Cup round one last night. Is that going to benefit this team going against Portland? Uh, I don't know. I, I think again, undefeated, aka unpredictable. It's it's uh, these first two games for for us. Kind of looking at the head to head, I'm kind of thinking like, what's it going to mean? Where where's where's it going to head? But I think even with the extra game this week for Portland Thorns. I just feel like they have a little bit more, not even just in terms of attackers and goal scorers, because I think we're starting to see on racing Louisville side of things that they have exciting pieces to rally around on the pitch. I think names that people are still unfamiliar with, but are going to get familiar, uh, familiarized with very, very quickly. I'm looking maybe someone, uh, Kristen Davis, for, for example, like uh, these are players that maybe aren't quite what, Folks consider consider, um, you know, a regular name that they're used to hearing. Yeah, they're not superstars. The but On but the highlight reel.
2: Yeah, but that's, uh, I think, the beauty of it, right? That it allows these other players to have breakout years. And, and, I mean, you're talking about a Kirsten Davis. Yes, I think this is a very talented player. No, I don't think she's going to go out and win the Golden Boot this year. I don't think she's going to lead the league in assists. But she's going to be a game changer for racing Louisville throughout this year. I know exactly what you mean
1: yeah, hundred percent. So when we're looking at uh, these two going head to head, I think even even with the midweek game for for Portland, I think a couple things will come into play. This is a team unlike Racing Louisville. This is a team that isn't working on um team chemistry. They're not working on team cohesion. They're not working on familiarity with each other. Those are things that I think Racing Louisville is actually still working on right now.
2: And Portland's not Portland working is, on it because they have it.
1: Portland is not working on it because they've had that. They're, they're trying to run it back this year. So just looking at recent form and ability and even the depth that Portland has right now, I think they're one of the deeper teams in the league. Uh, I'm looking for them to to take all three points in this game. They're back at home. It's a tough place to play if you're the opposition. And I don't know if racing is going to have enough to pull off the win. Again, they might have enough to make it interesting because they've done that over the course of their first three weeks. We're talking three draws. They're still on the hunt for a win, but I don't know if it's going to happen this week. I'm going thorns. How about you?
2: Yeah, I think that's a really good point. Um, Looking at the travel schedule, right? Yes, Portland did have that midweek game where they had to travel to San Diego, but now they're back home. So I think it evens out a little bit. If this game was on the road, I think it would make a difference for Portland. Um, In regular season, Portland has nine goals that they have scored. Nine goals in three games. They can find the back of the net. That's that's not a problem for them. I think Katie Lund is going to be tested. Um, and, and Portland will get some past her. It's just a a little bit inevitable when looking at racing Louisville and the schedule that they've played so far. Yes, they've come up with three draws, um, throughout the first three game game weeks in the regular season. Um, last week they scored early against angel city, and then they conceded two goals late in the second half. Um, and Similarly, against a Washington Spirit side, they go down two goals and then they come back late. So, like, they're putting these pieces together where they can score early, they can score late. They got shut out in their opening game against Houston. But as you talked about, there is – they're missing that cohesion. They're missing the the piece of the puzzle that brings it all together. And that's something that Portland does have. And that's a major advantage when you're playing in these games, especially for a Portland side that's coming off a midweek game against Challenge Cup. I, I think it evens out though, right? If it was the other way around and Louisville had a midweek game, it would be game over then for for Portland. But I do think that this game is really going to be interesting between the two sides. However, being at home, Portland Thorns, um, they're they're really they're really good at home. They really are, and and they had a lot of rotation in the midweek game, but we still got to see minutes from Sophia Smith, Sinclair, uh, Rocky Rodriguez, um, uh, Reina Reyes in the back really? line. Fantastic for the young rookie, and we got to see Adriana Leone get her first minutes with this Portland side Um, there's something there I think we're going to see a lot more from Lyon moving forward this is the new Canadian international that Mike Norris just signed with the Thorns and and she got her first minutes I think we'll see her get her first regular season minutes this weekend and help lift Portland Thorns to get a victory over Louisville so I'm with you on this one Portland and Portland
1: all right, we're going. Uh, we're going both for Portland, so we'll see if we're <laughs> correct. I was getting nervous when we make the same picks. I know. If you listen to our Challenge Cup preview, you're probably like cracking up right now. But we're going Portland. We're going. We're split for Dash and Spirit, and the first one for the undefeated nation game. Stick with us after a quick break. We've got more picks to make. All right, we are back, and we are chatting all things Challenge Cup round one and a week four preview in NWSL. I love the early weeks of a regular season because we still get these very cool moments where even though you're like maybe three, four, possibly five games into a season, there's room for teams that have already maybe met each other or played each other at least once during the, the year. But there's still a handful of teams that we'll meet for the first time in 2023. And we're going to make some picks in some of those games right now. Let's start with OL Rain versus Chicago Red Stars. This is a week four matchup. First time these two teams are going to go head to head in 2023. We're just talking about racing Louisville and how they did not uh, kick off their round one in Challenge Cup. And Chicago Red Stars is the second team that Mm -hmm. were unavailable and did not kick off their Challenge Cup game. But Ole Rain, on the opposite side of that, did start their Challenge Cup, and they started it with a win and some fun goal celebrations <laughs> as well. Like, we got to talk about it a little bit.
2: A, a win on the road, right? Ole Rain traveling to Los Angeles to take on Angel City in the, in the Challenge Cup last night. Um yeah, some, some big, exciting goals and games. Uh, Jordan Haitema starting the scoring off for O.L. Rain. That game coming in the second half, about 15 minutes into the second half, 20 minutes in. Um, and then Jess Fishlock ends up finding the back of the net. It, I believe it was actually awarded as an own goal, though um yeah. unfortunately that's what i think happened i'm, I'm going to have to double check the opta stats on that one but um because it was a, a corner kick from megan rapino for ol rain kicking it in driven really hard a uh, great pace on the ball which allowed fishlock who was well past the near post to use the inside of her right foot flick it on towards the goal um and it hits off the back of Clarice Lebeon for Angel City who kind of turns um, and, and it skims off the back of her and then finds the back of the net past Angel City in goal. And, I think it's an own goal because it wasn't the initial yes. flick from Fishlock wasn't going to be on goal, and the, the hit off Angel City defender redirected it towards the goal. But still, the celebration mm-hmm. from Fishlock unmatched. She she did a chicken dance. It was quite bizarre, but quite hilarious. <laughs> um, but, you are um, you are correct
1: though. It looks like uh, it looks like they did credit that to to yeah. uh, on the own goal.
2: But we still got the the celebration from Fishlock, which was fantastic. Yes. And this was a really good win for. Rain. um the the way they came out and and lined up um a, a bit of rotation of course uh of course that we see that but not that much because Laura Harvey she has so much depth but Instead of rotating players, I think she rotated positions a bit more. We saw Emily yeah. Sonnet go from the six into a center back role, where we've yeah. traditionally seen um, yeah. Emily Sonnet play a lot of minutes. We saw a lot of goalkeeper rotation last night in Challenge Cup play. Yeah. Dicky gets gets her first minutes this year with Ol Rain in goal instead of Fallon Tullis Joyce. Um, Quinn goes down with an injury, so huh. hoping Quinn huh. is okay. Yeah. So uh, hate an ankle roll. So hoping they're okay. Um, But yeah, I think that in this matchup that we're looking at now with O.L. Reign in Chicago. O.L. Reign is back at home playing at Lumen Field. They got a great crowd at their home opener last weekend. Now they get to do it again, run it back. Um, They're coming off back-to-back wins. And this is a team that I think O.L. Reign struggled at the start, the first game, right, to find the back of the net. They were getting shots and getting opportunities against Washington in that week one match. But now they're starting to find their groove. And I think when O.L. Reign gets on this run where they're really clicking as a team despite rotation despite players being pulled in and out of position, despite substitutes, maybe playing a few more minutes than they thought. Jess Fishlock, a player that wasn't supposed to play all that many minutes last night, ends up getting pulled into the game earlier due to the Quinn injury. um, And Fishlock ends up scoring the goal, the second goal to to seal the win for O.L. Reigns. So there's a lot of pieces about this team um, that just click really well. And meanwhile, Chicago... They they are coming off their first win, but they've also struggled to get to this point. They they've needed to find some different goal scorers. Um, they did that in their last week game uh, coming off of four goals against Kansas City so they can find the back of the net. But can they do it consistently? And that's something I just don't think they can. And because of that, I'm going to go with O.L. Rain in the win over the Red Stars.
1: Yeah, I think I think you look at all of those things on paper and maybe you think this is a safe bet. Like, this is where you pick a confident win for the rain against the Red Sox. I loved the rotation uh, out of Laura Harvey, uh, a coach who practices what she preaches. We've heard her um, input on Challenge Cup, you know, saying that this is it's a tournament that that coaches can actually utilize as an opportunity as well. Maybe they use it the best way that they think is for their team. So mm-hmm. we saw that in the form of, of, of player uh, rotations. Part of that was, was also due to players who were uh, unavailable. We, like you mentioned, Roosevelt not being one of those players. I'm, I'm curious of what that availability report is going to look like for all rain going into this match against Chicago. Will uh, Roosevelt be upgraded? Will it go to questionable versus out? Um, the the status of, of Quinn, their ankle roll. The what, what's going to happen there? Like I think it's a they look like a, a different team when when Quinn is available mm-hmm. and, uh, in the midfield for them. We we saw their veteran players, um, uh, you know, not get the start in in a midweek match. Uh, we've heard that Megan Rapido is still building those minutes and is likely going to feature as an uh, off the bench. Option. We saw what this team, how this team kind of elevates their play when Fishlock gets involved as well. So um, I think there's there's when you're looking at those things on paper, there's a lot that trends towards O.O. Rain. And I'm with you in that we haven't seen enough from the Red Stars to know if they're going to be able to string together something like back to back wins because they started off their season with uh, consecutive losses and they snapped that they Petricelli saying in a press conference that we did not want to start O and three in this season I think maybe going back on the road actually might be a little bit bit helpful it was tough for the team while they were at home um, to go ahead and uh, try to turn things around obviously having to to move forward without a player like Mal Swanson but uh, I, I'm curious to to see how they're going to look mm-hmm. without a midweek match on their legs, but they are traveling away. And historically there's been some pretty uh, close games between these yeah. two teams in the past. And that's why I saved my draw for this one. Because nice. there's one thing that we've seen from Chicago this year um, are some pretty lopsided Goal scores. We've seen a couple games now from this team where apparently they're gonna just try to get as many goals as they can, and then they've got another game where it's a tough. It was a tough couple losses. So even even with that week one loss, we're talking a, it was a three two, you know, scoreline, and now they're coming off of a four two scoreline without a Mal Swanson against Kansas City. So. I think it's gonna be a tough task. So I'm that's why I'm looking at the goalkeepers in this game. Right. We're probably gonna see the return of Tullis Joyce. We're gonna see a, the return of, of Alyssa Nair. And so maybe it'll come down to to those those big moments and big saves for the
2: goalkeepers and which uh, they look, both can do. Nair yeah. and Tullis Joyce can both come up with massive saves.
1: Yeah, and you know, we we've seen Noel Rain, they like to get their shots and they like to get their crosses off. And um maybe it'll be one of those those things where uh they sneak one in if they just kind of go in waves of attack. But uh, I still think that there's room for a draw on this one, and I'm going for a draw for, for All Rain and Chicago Red Stars. Let's make another pick. We've got New Jersey, New York, Gotham FC versus North Carolina Courage. And this is the first meeting for them in 2023, and the first of what will be many because they are in that East Region group in Challenge Cup with North Carolina Courage. So first meeting in the regular season in general, and then first of many for the remainder of 2023. Gotham picking up the win uh, in Challenge Cup, and we've got North Carolina Courage coming from behind against yeah. Orlando Pride, which, look, I believe I had that as a draw. um Can I pick? No, Gotham. Did I go – No, 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 Uh, Pride and... uh, Yeah, we
2: both went with a draw. You know, I think we put a scoreline on We did. We did. I can't read my handwriting. I went 0-0, and you went with lots of goals. Yeah, so that was fake.
1: But (laughs) I loved what we saw uh, in between between the lines there in that game. Obviously, we'll talk more about Orlando when we were making their Week 4 pick, but for North Carolina Courage, what a response um, to sort of... Be this team. We're starting to see that for for the for the courage. They they're still that team that tries to attack you in in waves. They, they kind of can be a little bit relentless uh, at times. And even though they do that, they're not seeing heavy heavyweight type of score lines. Um, it's tough because we're looking at not only Challenge Cup but maybe the previous results from North Carolina. And the yeah. last time they went out there, they had a Bunch of shots. I think it was like ten shots, and they didn't have like any attempts on target. And that's that's tough. (laughs) That is that is tough, if you're trying to win a game. Now for Gotham, they've got some goal scores, and Lynn Williams is not only scoring goals for Gotham, but she is climbing the goal scoring charts in NWSL. She's currently tied with Christine Sinclair. I believe it's with 59 goals Mm -hmm. at this point um, for all-time goals in NWSL. And I have to imagine that that is going to – she's a player who could possibly eclipse that goal this season. And uh, she is such an exciting player to watch right now in her return. And I'm looking at Gotham to get all three points in this match.
2: I like that pick. Honestly, I really do. So we both, we got our Challenge Cup picks right for both of these teams actually last night. Um, I agree. I think Lynn Williams, uh, Juan Carlos Amoros, coach at Gotham, has to be like giving himself a Rudy Kazuti, a little pat on the back for making that trade to for Gotham with Kansas City to give Kansas city the number two pick and get Lynn Williams. I know there were some haters talking about how Gotham is a bit of an older team and that is benefiting them so, so much this Uh, year. It, it really is like Lynn Williams is on a tear at this point. She didn't get to play last year, really at all. She played a handful of minutes at the start of the year, but then dealt with an injury. And this is a player that, can score goals, loves to run, loves to get in behind, and she couldn't do that last year. When you can't do something that you love, you get a little fired up and and you want to do it even more. Despite having her arm all wrapped up and in a brace, um, she's crushing it and and she wants to continue to do that. With Gotham last night, we saw a lot of rotation, right, in the goalkeeper position, um, in the back line. We didn't get to see a Kelly O'Hara. We saw Sinead Farley get a start and get minutes, um, and I think I was really, really impressed with the play from Mewis, Williams, Anamanu up top, uh, Goodman's daughter, and and how that this Gotham team was able to move the ball a wa- around a Washington side throughout the Challenge Cup. Yeah, I like your pick of going with Gotham. However, I think that this one is going to be my draw for the weekend because oh, North good. Carolina is a team that they've been very good defensively but they've struggled offensively and I don't foresee Gotham putting up multiple goals over North Carolina whether it's Casey Murphy or whoever they have to try to get through in North Carolina right to get to the back of the net Um, I just think that there's a lot of really good pieces there and we're starting to see um The play develop between Caroline and uh, Miura in the midfield and Denise O'Sullivan, there's a lot of really strong pieces there that I think that ultimately it's going to end in a draw between these two sides. They're coming off a win, Denise O'Sullivan with a a banger towards the end of the game um, outside of the box to draw level last night. And I think they're going to ride that high a little bit. So I'm going to go with the draw between Gotham and North Carolina.
1: I like it. I wouldn't be surprised if we see even if we do see a draw or if we even see more draws down the line. That's I think yeah. that happens when you you have two teams that are going to see each other a lot throughout a year. But I think for this first one, it might be the combo breaker. And that's part of why I'm going with Gotham. But I hear you on the goal scoring. I'm thinking yeah. everything.
2: And it's it's goal, too
1: yeah, everything that we've seen from Gotham in terms of their goal scoring is, has been in late stages of the game, or at least in, at the very least, like within the second halves of matches. So it takes they're definitely a team where it takes them a little while to get going mm-hmm. in, in front of net, But eventually they find the breakthrough and hopefully they find the breakthrough on this one in this game for for my pick. So uh, let's let's keep it moving. We do have a couple more picks to make before we close out the episode. So make sure you stick with us after a quick break. All right, let's make our final picks for week four. a couple of big games on our radar. If you can't watch them all, try to watch these, basically, is what mm-hmm. we're trying to say. And we love a rivalry, even if it's a newer rivalry. Let's make some picks for Angel City FC versus San Diego Wave FC. This one kicking off on Sunday, closing things out, 8 p.m. Eastern time. Catch all the games on Paramount+. Looking at a couple teams here who also kicked off their Challenge Cup Round 1. San Diego Wave getting the narrow win over Portland. Angel City walking away with a loss. We did not see the debut of (laughs) Julius. We thought we would. We were also
2: wrong on that, along with maybe Got some right. of our picks. Along We're taking the, way. the L's. We're taking the L's as you they come. No, no Juilliard. She was there. El hey. is she- for Ellis for learning. We're all
1: learning here. Yeah. Uh I'm look, does that mean we're talking about the preview? We're talking about making picks. are does that mean we're gonna see her in week four for Angel City?
2: Um y- yes. I'm just, question mark. <laughs> yeah, no, no. I'm going to say yes with a period. Um, no, we did not get to see Julie Ertz last night make her debut for Angel City, but we did get to hear from her. Uh, the CBS Sports Network crew did an interview with Julie Ertz at halftime of the Angel City O.L. Reign Challenge Cup game. Mike Watts, Jordan Angeli on the call. And they got to talk to Ertz and kind of say, like, how are things? And the way that she answered the question, I was I was doing investigative journalism at this point of halftime of this game, listening to her, because the way she answered it, she was like, I'm excited to get out there and play with them, to start yeah. training with them. And I believe she said to start training with them, meaning she hadn't trained with Angel City yet. Um So that's why we didn't see her last night, right? Uh, Among, I'm sure, a couple of other reasons. And if there's something like some type of hoops that she has to jump through, right? You have to get your physical done. You got to make sure all the paperwork's signed. You got to get a lot of things checked off. You got to move to the city if she wasn't already living there before you can start training and before you can start playing. So as of Wednesday, if a player has not trained with a club yet, and that probably means like lifting or film sessions, right? Nothing at all. That's a pretty tight turnaround to give them two days of training, right? Three days of training because um this Angel City San Diego game is happening Sunday night at eight o'clock. That's a, that's a tight turnaround to get a player time and get them minutes with a brand new team and a new system and throwing a lot into the mix. However, I still think we're going to see her. I think we're going to get time from Julia. It's at the end of the game. She won't get a start, but um, it's such a big rivalry game. It's at home for Angel City. That's where you want a player like that to make her debut with the club and with the team. Um, yeah, I hope we get it. I hope we get it. But this is going to be a massive game. No, a massive I agree. Game.
1: Okay, so... We both – I'm with you. We both think that we're going to see some type of minutes from – I from- mean, we
2: thought we were going to see her last night,
1: though, so. we're kind of At this point, we're trying to manifest it. Like, we're trying to will it into existence. Uh, let's see Julie Ertz. I mean, the whole – all of the storyline was she had to get into a club and she had to get minutes, so let's see those minutes. Um, we both are, are there. We both think we're going to see some type of minutes from Ertz in this game against San Diego. Does that sway you? Does that sway you in your or your pick for these for these two teams, and and who might walk away with a win, a loss, or a draw?
2: Well, yesterday when we previewed Challenge Cup, I said that we were going to see Julie Ertz, yeah. and I also said that because of that, Angel City was going to get the win. Yeah. I was o for two on yesterday's next <laughs> Angel City. We did not see Julie Ertz, and Angel City got. Beaten 2-0 yeah. by O.L. Reign. Now, I do think we will see Juilliard's for Angel City this time. However, I think San Diego is going to get the win over Angel City. Um, this California Clash rivalry is new, right? This is only the third time these teams have played each other in in history, in regular season history, right? I'm not talking Challenge Cup. Um, and the rivalry is already there. It's already budded. This is from the front office to the players, to the fans, to everyone involved. And I just like what we're seeing from San Diego right now. This is a team that's coming off a one Oh win over Portland in which they forced an own goal to get the win in challenge cup. Um, This is also a a San Diego team that's running throughout this regular season. They picked up a, a loss in the regular season last week against OL rain, but we got to see a little bit of minutes from Alex Morgan last night at the end of the game. So she's got fresh legs coming into it. I just think that San Diego is is going to go into BMO, BMO, CEO, yeah. excuse me, in L.A. and and pick up a win. Narrow, but pick up a win.
1: I, I'm with you 100%. I, look, I'm excited for the possibility of seeing minutes for, for Juilliard for the first time in NWSL in over two years, but... With that being said, I don't know if there's going to be enough there from Angel City to go in and scrape out a win over San Diego. I think when you look at a rivalry like this, you have to eliminate something like travel or home, you know, a home field advantage. I think I'm sure there are going to be fans who maybe make the effort to travel uh, and support their team away like this because it's it's. It's a short drive, you know, like there's not there's not a ton. There's not a ton of distance there uh, between between these two teams. And I think if you're looking at the pro athlete side of those things, that's also a benefit. You're like, oh, we're quote unquote on the road this week to Angel to to Los Angeles from from San Diego. Like that maybe that's maybe something that they don't. Plan as much for as they would if they were going to the East Coast, right?
2: Right, and 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 San Diego fans see what they can do to make it a home stadium for their players, right? When they travel and they do that, and also yeah. like with the potential of seeing Julie Ertz, I think that's a crowd draw for sure. Yeah. And I just, uh, just sort of looking at Angel City and sort of
1: how their goals have occurred and happened this season. uh, We've seen some questionable defensive shapes on some late game set pieces against Angel City. And I just don't think going up against Kalen Sheridan, Naomi Girma, the, in those players and their defensive shape, that those types of mistakes are going to happen. I also think you take a look at not just the, different types of player rotations that we might see in this game on both sides of the ball but you're absolutely looking at the coaches head battle in this one and I'm sorry but Freya Coombe is going to have her team prepared for uh, any excuse me uh, Casey Stoney is going to have her Mm -hmm. team prepared for anything that Angel City is going to present Uh, there's enough film out there and I'm on them on teams at this point to try to make those adjustments where you need to make them and I'm absolutely looking at some of those late game uh, ga- game winners from Angel City and I have to anticipate that Casey Stoney and San Diego have taken a look at that film as well and said here's where we're not going to make a mistake so I'm looking right. at these two teams I think it'll be a great game because it's a, a budding rivalry and it has delivered already in year one and in year two I expect it to deliver again and I'm going with San Diego to pick up all three points in this one on the road against Angel City. Last pick for us. We've got one more game to get through. This one, not as much of a rivalry, but these are two teams who need some points. A a potential wooden spoon battle here between these two teams. uh, I believe it's 11 and 12 at this point um, for for both of these teams. KC Current getting a win in Challenge Cup. Sometimes that helps kickstart some things for teams. Orlando Pride with a good performance. Unfortunately, they couldn't hold out. Couldn't hold out. We were just talking about Angel City and getting those stoppage time winners. And one of those was against Orlando Pride and the defensive shape and and just sort of the the mental lapse that uh, occurred uh, when you're trying to hang on and close out a game. So Orlando Pride, a 1-1 draw against... North Carolina Courage, they just couldn't hang on. The late-game stunner from outside the box by Denise O'Sullivan was the difference maker between one point and three points. And the Kansas City Curry with a 2-0 win over the Dash. But I think those are two games for both of the teams that could maybe try to motivate that they could carry those performances into the regular season, into Week 4, and try to go ahead and build – on them, which is why this is a really tough pick mm-hmm. uh, to make. I think, in light of all the news that we've heard out of Kansas City, I think the uh, the dismissal of, of of Matt Potter and looking at how we saw them go out against the dash, I think was very promising. And I I thought some of the performances that we saw from Orlando pride was very promising as well. I I like the evolution that we're starting to see really early on from Emily Madrill. I think she's one of those um, draft picks that has needed a few weeks to kind of get herself acclimated to NWSL play. And I think we finally saw a bit of a breakout game for the young defender going up against Orlando pride. And this is a team that has needed some defensive help and defensive shape for quite some time. But we also saw the return of, of Mondo Fusco as well. Right. There were like, Hey, maybe they'll look a little different when they've got Montefusco in the mix. So I'm curious to see how it's going to look on this quick turnaround in, their, in terms of their defensive shape. But I think that Kansas city is going to have more on offense to pick up the win, because even if they don't have Hamilton, they've got CC Kaiser And I think that might be enough between Kaiser and Debina to pick up all three points.
2: Yeah, I mean, if Kaiser and Dabinia are available, this game at home, Children's Mercy Park for Kansas City, I I agree with you, right? It does come down a little bit to availability report um, because we got to see the partnership of Kaiser, who was not available for the regular season game for KC in week three, was available. That partnership – Wow. CeCe Kaiser is very talented and she definitely brought a lot last year to this Kansas city side when she transferred over from racing Louisville and, and she just brings a very different look. And especially when you're without some of your other strikers that can't be scoring goals and can't be finding the back of the net. It's great that you can lean on a player like Kaiser, um, uh, for Orlando, this is a team that's really struggled. The fact that they they couldn't hold on at the end of their Challenge Cup game last night against North Carolina. They were up 1-0. Um, they had they had an opportunity, even the waves and waves of pressure coming from North Carolina, they couldn't hold on, and they they end up splitting points with North Carolina. Um, that was a heartbreaker to me. I just think yeah. that Orlando is struggling at this point. And, and with both of these sides, Kansas City and Orlando, someone's going to come out on top and i don't necessarily mean 3 points in a win but they're going to pick up points um it could be both of these sides right like they each team has zero points so far zero points yeah. three three straight losses um a, a lot of goals against nine for kansas city eight for orlando they've got to tighten up defensively. They really have to. Um, and I think we started to see that from Kansas City over these last two weeks and what they were doing. Yeah, they conceded four against Chicago, but they also scored two. So aggregate, yeah. I'm giving them two. Um, and then last night against Houston, Kansas City able to hold that shutout. So I'm with you on this one. I think Kansas City is going to get the win at home um, despite dealing with a bit of, of off-field turbulence turbulence. This is a team that's going to come together. We're going to see AD French back in goal for Kansas City with Debinha. Um I like what I like what we're getting from the current and I'm with you on this one. Kansas City gets the win. I like how we're closing it out. 2 for 2 we're going wave, we're going current, we're feeling
1: the water signs. Right now we're feeling the water energy to close out this episode, but we're not just closing it out on picks. Of course we got to close it out on breaking news. Shout out to the Utah Royals. They have officially Announced and welcome their new head coach, Amy Rodriguez, named as the head coach of Utah Royals. She will lead the team when they make their return to the league in 2024. Congratulations to the former U.S. Women's National Team and former Utah Royals players as well.
2: Yeah, this is massive. I mean, um, I, I think this was maybe a little bit predicted for some people. A-Rod is – Amy Rodriguez was an incredible player, a legend with the U.S. Women's National Team. Um, and then she played – I think she ended, right, her career – oh, she ended with Kansas City. But she played in Utah. And then that team getting relocated to Kansas City, playing one final season there. And as soon as she retired – a-Rod went to USC and became a coach. It was like the the most natural next step for Rodriguez um, to, to just do that and transition right into being a college coach and a top college coach. So she was a, an assistant um, at USC, which is where she went to school, where she went to college in Southern California. And with the return of the Utah Royals to the NWSL, it's such a natural fit and a progression that this is where um, she takes that next step. I think Sandra, you and I talked about it. Hey, was this a possibility? And it, it really came down to if she has her coaching credentials, it's a natural fit. Clearly okay. she's got her coaching credentials. Yeah. Um, and and now it's it's such a natural fit to kind of see this. Um, because going from an assistant coach to a head coach of a and then going from college to a professional team, that's a bit of an adjustment, but yeah. Um, I think A Rod's going to surround herself with with people and and assistant coaches and staff that are really going to help support her. And I think as a player, it's going to be it's going to be nice to play for A Rod. I mean, she's probably going to be coaching some of her former teammates.
1: Yeah, I wouldn't be. I wouldn't be yeah. surprised. It's gonna be interesting to see how the expansion draft um, kind of rolls out for 2024. But this type of news is is news for fans of the team to get excited about. Um, people who are looking ahead to 2024, it's like these little things that come along the way. They int- reintroduce themselves, a little bit of a rebrand, a refresh of their of their logo and their look. And now the news of Amy Rodriguez. I believe she is in the process of earning her U.S. Soccer A license. Mm-hmm. Um, which I think is is really awesome to note like there's uh, that's all in line with the the CBA as well. Like if there are head coaches who want to coach in this league, they have to have a certain uh, type of credential. If they are going to be head coaches moving forward in this next era of NWSL and uh, Rodriguez part of that first wave people, I don't, I don't yeah. know if people are aware of this, but a while back there was a coaching license offered and extended to players and a certain amount of players um, were part of that first wave of class to go in and start the process to earn their coaching licenses and there's a series of steps that come into play and it sounds like she's going to take that next and, and final step to to earn the a license and we'll probably have that as soon as as the team kicks off in in 2024 so i'm eager to see not only how the roster gets fleshed out but like you said how the how the technical staff right gets fleshed out as well because there's lots of um talent out there and uh on the west coast uh utah uh, specifically i'm uh, i won't I would love to see the return of of Amy Lapelbit to the Utah Royals mm-hmm. in some capacity. I think when there was a teaser or a rumor that there was going to be head coach named for Utah I, I my radar immediately went to Amy LaPelbit, uh, someone who had served previously in an interim role for head coach for that team at one point in time. So we'll, we'll see where the cards fall and where they lie, yeah. but I'm very excited for uh, Rodriguez and in, in this hire. And I love the perspective that she has on it as well. She's already said in some quotes, like it's going to be, it's going to be a different, it's going to be transition, but it's a challenge that she's going to embrace and uh, eager to see how it all comes together.
2: Yeah. I mean, she's really um, only two years removed from playing. Yeah. Um, which I think there's a lot of positives. And there could be a, a pros and cons to that, right? Like only being two years removed, it gives you great perspective. You've got that player mindset. Um, and she did go and coach and she actually left the NWSL. I think that's a pro, right? She wasn't involved in the league in these last two years or, or rather just watching from a distance, not necessarily completely inundated with it, um, which gives you more perspective on a league and coming back into it. She was able to see the expansion sides of Angel City and San Diego come in, how they were able to, um, navigate expansion drafts, double expansion drafts, which is exactly what Royals are going to have to go through as being one of two teams joining the league in 2024, along with the Bay Area. Um, there's a, a lot of moving parts there, uh, but Arod, I think getting this coaching spot, as you said, it's it's great for Royals fans. They're excited about that. I mean, they're so excited to have a team, the the Royals, back in Utah, um, and then to know that you get to see a familiar face on the sidelines every day. That's that's even better for them.
1: Congrats, congrats, congrats all around. And thanks everybody for joining us today on Attacking Third. We appreciate you all so much. Download, follow, listen to us anywhere you get your podcast. You can watch us too on YouTube at youtube.com slash attacking third. Make sure you subscribe so that you never miss out whenever we go live. And Lisa and I will be back with more coverage of the NWSL for Sandra and Lisa Roman. This was a technical